Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Hello there, and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly Star Wars podcast coming into your earboxes every single Saturday. We're going to bring you the latest news, uh, general discussion, and of course, our random spotlight that we do every single week. My name's Gary, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Mark Aspeth. How are you, my good man? I'm all right, sir. Congratulations on a fun week on your side of the world. It, uh, we missed you last week, but... It was good to have Kieran on and chat uh, chat some Star Wars stuff, but it's good to have you back, dude. Oh, thanks, man. I listened to last week's episode, and you guys did a, a fab job. It was good. Uh, I, I found it hilarious you guys were talking about, uh, when you got onto the toy section, you guys went off on a bit of a tangent around about uh, Power Rangers and all sorts, and um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was sitting here cracking up when I, as I was doing some work earlier listening to that, so who doesn't love a bit of uh, old school um, toy nostalgia, eh? When you're in the middle of a Star Wars podcast. Exactly, exactly. We thought it was exceptionally on topic to talk about something completely unrelated to Star Wars. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it did go a little wild at times, but it was, it was fun to kind of just chat through. And like, I'm still baffled that there's a John Kreese action figure at Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> That's Comic Con, man. It's a crazy world of, um, of just, it's madness, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. I'm looking forward to it, though. It's like 18th of July, so as we're recording this, it's, it's just under a month away, which is awesome. Um, mm. I'm excited for it. It's going to be really, really cool, dude. Really, really cool. What's been going on in your world, Star Wars-wise? How's the how's the uh, the last couple of Star Wars weeks been for you? I'll tell you what, mate. I'll be honest. For Star Wars stuff, it's been really quiet for me because I've just been knee-deep in moving house and unboxing and cleaning and building stuff. And, yeah, I've my mind's just been on, like, boring day life stuff the last couple of weeks um the only thing i've done is uh, i've had a um, a couple of uh, books turn up which is really random i ordered some books ages ago from amazon um and i completely forgot about them they it's not like they're new they came out years ago but they turned up randomly at this new address which are these uh, these little books they're like be more vader be more yoda I've got um, those downstairs i got them for christmas uh, yeah that's what i mean they've been out for for bloody ages but they randomly arrived I, I, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Wait a so minute. That, and they turned up to your new address? To my new address, yeah. Right, that's weird. That is really weird. But I had a quick flick through those, and they, they're quite funny and pretty cool. Um, but yeah, otherwise, dude, I've had no, um, I've had no Star Wars shenanigans uh, going on. Have you done anything Star Wars? Have you watched anything or read anything? Not too much, actually. I've been a little bit off it. One thing I did do, though, I went to uh, a concert at the Royal Albert Hall last Saturday, which was uh, the London Concert Orchestra, and it was a space theme. So they were basically doing every, and the most tenuously linked to space <laughs> soundtracks ever. And then some very obvious ones, obviously E.T. They did the Superman theme, which, you know, I'm a, like a huge Superman th- fan, so I was like all over that. <laughs> but they did a pile of Star Wars stuff. So they did, um, they did Duel of the Fates, they did Kylo Ren's, 
theme from Force Awakens, which is oh, awesome. Nice. Mm. They did Across the Stars, Imperial March, and then they finished the entire gig with, uh, obviously, the Star Wars main theme and the march. And it was just absolutely crazy good. Like, crazy good. It sounds and amazing, that was, man. Yeah, dude, it was insane. We were And we got the, the, the tickets to be right in the heavens at the Albert Hall. And we got right up to the heavens. And the lady was like, and we're doing free seat upgrades if you'd like one. We were just like, yes. So we got a free seat upgrade right next to the stage. Like, we could have <laughs> touched the stage. It was nuts. Oh, it's perfect. Um, yeah. So that's been my Star Wars week, dude. It was uh, it was really, really cool. Really, really enjoyed that. Highly recommend it if you get to see anything like that in concert. Because we did, Kieran and I did the old New Hope in concert last year. You know, where they play the soundtrack alongside the theme, uh, the uh, the movie. Mm, yeah. Um, and I've done a couple of those, Jurassic Park and A New Hope. And they are crazy good as well. Like, mm. you can't tell that, you know, if you shut your eyes, you can't tell there's even an orchestra there because they are that good. It's so the, the anything that, like that. The way that they do that then, do they have a special cut of the film that doesn't include the background music or do they just play over the top? No, they have a special cut of the film by by, by the sounds of it. I, I would anticipate that it's you cannot be that tight as an orchestra to be able to hit every mark. Um, so I imagine they've got a special cut of the film with just the dialogue and the sound effects in it. Um, but every other piece of music... So even the little kind of undertones that you don't expect, the, the things that you don't even notice there. So even this is just a low cello playing like a dum, as someone's kind of building up to something. It's the guy playing the cello. So it's every possible orchestral piece is played by the orchestra live. It's it's outstandingly well practiced. Yeah, that sounds that sounds awesome. And I think there's the, isn't there the Empire Strikes Back coming up later in in the year? I think that's at the yeah. Albert Hall. Yeah just been announced there's a few others as well there's also john williams and Hans zimmer live it's lots of john williams versus Hans zimmer the same orchestra doing it um which i'm gonna look at tickets for as well because like they're my two favorites um, oh yeah for sure man Hans zimmer then, yeah yeah zimmer's insane i just wish they'd do like uh all the geek soundtracks if you put like <laughs> alan silvestri in there and danny elfman and just like that would quite honestly be like geek heaven, wouldn't it? You know, if they just dropped in a Back to the Future and a, uh, a Danny Elfman's Batman and some of the other stuff he did, it'd just be perfect. Do you know, I think that would sell out within seconds if they announced all of those and they, especially if you list all the films as well. So you get all these composers and you list all the films. Yeah, that is, from a geek perspective, that's like heaven. That's like an evening's worth of... I can't imagine a better night at the because I've been to a couple of things at the Albert Hall. I went to this Doctor Who thing a few years ago, Doctor Who at the Proms, it was, and that was amazing. Like hearing an orchestra that close, like the music that you love. So I can just imagine feeling like Back to the Future, the Predator films, you know, Star Wars. Predator. Actually. Oh, they did. Oh yes, come on. I was scared to death as well. I'm like, because you only used to ever see Predator. I've got, so I like listen to Predator, like all the soundtracks when I'm working away and you never quite realise what they are. And then I, I realised that they even got the person like, is it like the Cabasa or something like that? You know, the little kind of, the the the, the, the round thing with the beads on it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got the girl playing this at the back and I'm like, Who's like who the hell's behind me? Who, like, <laughs> da, 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 da. like no no no, this is scaring the crap out of me. They did Alien, oh, it's no. just so good. It's just really good, man. Really oh, good. Dude. Do you know what we've just done? We, we've just done another version of the toy digression. Uh, we have, yes. <laughs> People are going to be like, I didn't tune in for uh, a, a generic geek 
podcast. I want I want Star Wars. Well, let's give them Star Wars. Let's give them some stuff. We've got some cool stuff coming up uh, in the news. We've got some Jedi Fallen Order stuff to go through. Uh, we've got a bit of news around Mark Hamill. And is he actually done with Star Wars? Uh, and then we've got some, uh, some uh, really cool piece of merch to talk through. Then review and discussion is going to be uh, this fan theory that's doing the rounds at the minute about uh, Lord of Vader and the Death Star plans. And then the random spotlight is going to be a particular droid from the dark side or the Imperial Empire or the Empire, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but un- until we get into uh, all of that fun stuff, uh, why don't you head over to patreon.com? patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion uh, it's a great way to support the show and jump on board and join the rebellion uh, and keep this podcast uh, going to the, the high standard that we want to produce it to uh, there's various tiers there you can jump on board for a dollar upwards and some of the other tiers you can bag some really cool swag there's some stickers some mugs uh, and if we get enough uh, support over on patreon we're going to release a second show the holocron files which will be all good as well uh, so kick off the news, my man. We got some uh, some more Jedi Fallen Order stuff to go through, and this really seems to be picking up pace as we get closer to uh, the release. I think it's not until November, um, but the um, they've just popped out a, a brand new trailer. So we had the uh, the trailer that landed from E3 recently, which was the first gameplay reveal that showed a bit of a linear. Um, uh, approach i guess uh which is a bit of a uh, a flip of the coin to what the uh, respawn are saying the game's actually going to be like they they're, they're marketing it as a, a not a, a massive open world per se but uh, a, a bit of a, a sort of areas that you can explore so that there's like a, a holographic kind of map system but you're not tied down to one particular path you can go and do what you like pretty much um but the e3 trailer was a little bit linear uh, whereas the new trailer that they popped out is about 20 odd minutes worth of gameplay and that shows um a little bit more so you on kashik on that one you're walking around and uh, doing all that fun stuff um and uh, yeah it's just a bit more it, it, i think it just shows the the game in a bit more how the the end product is going to be when you get your hands on it essentially uh, and there's also been a couple of cool articles around um the uh, th- there's been a couple of um, I, I assume they're video game journalistic style uh, websites and so on. They've gone off and seen um, uh, Respawn and they've uh, they've put down a load of information that you didn't get out of E3. So they did a ton of interviews there. Um, but then you've got all these other uh, cool stuff uh, that have come out of there. So uh, if I remember correctly, you pre-ordered this, bud, right? I did indeed pre-order. Did you? Uh, I have, yes. And uh, it's... It's one of those things where I think I mentioned this on the on one of our previous shows that the I, I was a little bit worried about the graphics engine and some of the basics uh, around that. But fortunately, um, since we since we recorded that show, uh, one of the things that the I think one of the producers on the game or one of the lead designers, uh, forgotten the guy's name, but uh, he was saying that they've not based it on Respawn's own in-house engine, which I think they built apex legends on and something else they've actually used the unreal engine so it's a bit more uh, there's a more scope to throw in environmental effects and particle effects and all that stuff so he did say that um as we thought that the e3 trailer was the pre-alpha footage i think 
So it, that gives me hope that by the time we get round to release, and you can see a little bit more in this trailer that they popped out as well. There, there is a bit more polish to it. I don't think it's quite there yet, but uh, it, it gives me hope that they've that, that because they're using Unreal, there's so much expandability and and everything, and because the community is so massive around that as well, um, that, that they can throw as as much stuff as they want to on that. So, yeah, have you seen this uh, additional trailer yet, bud? I've only watched about four minutes of it because it came out like early this week and I clicked on it. I was like, well, it's nearly 30 minutes long. So I didn't get a chance to watch it all, but it yeah. does look a lot, lot better. And I I, uh, I like the design of the whole thing. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying the design of it. It's definitely got that, um, it's got that feel of foreboding that I think a lot of the, a lot of the material that's coming out that's supposed to portray that kind of era, you know, pre A New Hope, post Revenge of the Sith that kind of subjugation, that uh, overbearing feel of things. In fact, I'll tell you what, it, it kind of reminds me of a little bit. Well, reminds me of is a little bit, it's, that's not quite right, but it's got the same, um, it gives me the same feeling as kind of the, the Arkham games did for Batman, where they'd kind of made the environment this character that you kind of got to be afraid of. Like, if mm-hmm. you, in particular, Arkham City, and bits of Arkham Knight, where the city itself is sort of a character that you kind of, you should be a little afraid of it. You know, it can mm-hmm. it can take you on, and it can and it's got its own atmosphere. And I feel like they've done a lot of that work with Fallen Order to make it feel like you are part of this, almost like this galaxy that is just starting to get ruled by this Iron Fist. Um, and I I just feel that that that's a really interesting thing to explore in a game with Star Wars because I don't I don't think we've really seen that there was like there's bits of it in Rebels obviously that's the kind of whole premise of Rebels and Rogue One is kind of in that era as well and you've kind of got that oppression going on but I just feel like they've put some time into that which I really appreciate yeah for sure and you mentioned uh, Rebels there in Rogue One I think um, in one of those other articles some of the designers have said that those two that the, the movie Rogue One and the whole series of Star Wars Rebels is a big influence on the look and feel because it's set around that same time period. And a lot of the things like the the environments and some of the vehicles and all that stuff, it's based on some of the uh, the really good rebel stuff. And that in itself is amazing to look at, because that's based off of Ralph McQuarrie's early artwork. And so I, I think by the time we get around to release, this is going to, well, it should be a bit of a belter. Let's hope so anyway. Yeah, I think it's it's certainly going to be um one that you'd end up dissecting from a story perspective and from a gameplay perspective and from a an environmental perspective like i think it's one of those where you know like if you play like a halo game mm. you're just like well you know the environments get better with every game everything gets better with every game the story is kind of sometimes all right kind of sometimes not it's it's like the easy games to dissect but i feel like with this one it's going to be right, let's spend an episode digging into the canonicity of this story. Then, in particular, from your side, because you're so into the game, and it'll be right, okay, let's take these, this entire environmental setup apart, because look, this looks so good. Um, so I, I'm interested by it, and, and, and do you know one thing that I'm curious about as well, based on what we talked about a second ago, is the music. Like, what are they going to do with the music? Like, how is that going to be put together? Because we kind of had that conversation with um, Mark Ramsey, when they did the inside Star Wars stuff, like they had to get it to sound like Star Wars, but without it obviously being Star Wars infringed. Um, 
So I'm kind of excited for that as well. Are we going to get some really kick-ass new little kind of character theme songs that, that we're so used to with Star Wars? Um, what's going to happen with that? So I, I, I do believe when it comes around in November or, or December, whenever it is, it's going to be, it's going to warrant a lot of chat. Um, that's going to be a busy time, man. We're going to have Rise of Skywalker. We're going to have um, the new Snoke comic books that are coming out. We're going to have this Jedi Fallen Order. There's a heck of a lot going on towards the back end of the year. Yeah, Disney Plus with The Mandalorian. I think that's oh, this God, year, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, man. Exciting times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does look good. I'm excited to uh, to dig into that. I'm glad I pre-ordered it. Yeah, yeah, snap. Uh, moving on, dude. Mr. Hamill. Mark Hamster has said that Rise of Skywalker could potentially, or should potentially be, that doesn't make sense, does it? Should potentially. The Rise of Skywalker should be, from his point of view, his very last appearance as Luke Skywalker. Sad face. Yeah, he had a little red carpet interview. Somebody said to him, so is this your last outing as Luke or can we see you again in another film or TV show of some description? And he basically said he's hoping that uh, this la- the last one, The Rise of Skywalker, is retirement as as a Jedi. He's out of it. Uh, which is kind of, it's kind of hard to, that's hard to grasp really because he's been here since the very beginning. You know, he's been the guy, as the name would suggest, you know, one of the Skywalkers that have carried the, the saga through to, completion so that's hard to to fathom because it's strange in a way that it's not the the worst culprit for it but in in science fiction you always have this thing where nobody i'm paraphrasing from the trailer as well when he says that no one's ever really gone it it, in in a roundabout kind of way a lot of science fiction does that where somebody will pop back up like two or three series or a couple of films in and you think hold on a minute you died previously what are you doing here and there's some elaborate backstory as to why they're not really dead but you know they've come back but it sounds like he's he's actually done with with all of it he's it sounds like he's burnt out on um on luke and the whole jedi thing so it's just hard to grasp that you know that that, that the film coming up in december is going to be the last the very last time we're going to see him that's hard yeah, it is, dude. It's and it's not unexpected. I mean, if you think about the arc of Luke, it's 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 done, isn't it? Really, you think about it. Depending on what they're going to do with Rise of Skywalker, it it's a, it's a funny thing, really, because you think about it. When was Return of the Jedi? What was that? Eighty five. No, it's eighty three. Yeah, sorry, I think so. So then, you know, we didn't really see Luke until Revenge of the Sith as an absolute baby child. And then mm-hmm. we saw him a little bit in Rebels. Then we didn't really see him until Force Awakens. And it, even then, it's kind of a 30-second mm, thing. Then The Last Jedi, you know, we didn't really get what we what we often wanted from that that character. And it's one of those things where you think, obviously, this is the end of it because it's the Skywalker saga that is being finished. But at the same time, you do feel a little bit cheated <laughs> because it's like all the best bits of Luke we just don't have a clue about. Like, he just became a proper cool-as-they-come Jedi Knight in Return of the Jedi. You know, he'd been a Jedi for, what, a year? Mm-hmm. Kind of pottering about, doing his thing. Then it's, boom, i see you later. I'm going to come back. <laughs> and and I, I ain't a Jedi anymore. I ain't doing any of this stuff. So you're like, come on. <laughs> we got all this good stuff. We saw Obi-Wan. We saw Qui-Gon. We saw Anakin. We saw Yoda. We saw Mace Windu. We saw all of the other Jedis like just whooping ass and taking names 
and then the one that we want to see, you would just kind of get a bit shortchanged by a little bit. So yeah, I understand why, and it obviously is the end of that arc. But at the same time, you do just feel like, oh come on, this is the one, the only, the only one we wanted to see more of. Yeah, no, I read you, man. You do feel a little bit shortchanged because, like you said, Luke's the guy that you really want to see have a good old tear up in every film that he's in. And when you don't, when you see him be a bit, I mean, we can go on for hours about The Last Jedi and the direction that they took Luke's character in and all that stuff. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I just think it's, there's more to see. That's my gut feeling. I just think there's, I think there's a little bit more that he's got to give. And I don't want to go down the road of let's just throw another standalone film in and in, in some pocket timeline that we didn't see in the main films or I don't know. I can't explain it. I just feel like there's a bit more in the old steam wagon versus just, yeah, I've done this now I'm going to, because I think he stopped doing Joker as well for the animated series for Batman. I think, I think his last one was the killing joke. I could mm -hmm. be wrong, but I think so. So what's Didn't he going to do? Didn't he do the game actually? Yeah. Didn't he do Arkham Knight? I think he came back for it, that one with Conroy. Oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think that's it though for that as well. So what's he going to do now? Just put his... Well, he's Chucky, isn't he? Start, oh, he's Chucky. Yeah. The new one. <laughs> he's Chucky. And he's doing that legend. T I can't remember what it's called. He's doing that legend TV show. Um, one where it looks like Gandalf. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forget what that one's called, but you yeah. know, but it's not Star Wars though, dude. No, I know. And that's why I'm going to write a letter. That's the only thing that's important. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it is a bit of a short changing, isn't it? I, I, I finished listening to Inside Star Wars. We were very privileged to get early access to uh, to f the, the whole Inside Star Wars. And uh, Mark was saying on that about, you know, just this this whole fact that, you know, you, you remember seeing Star Wars as a kid and we all we all remember that opening scene of A New Hope where the, the, the Imperial destroyer just takes up the entire screen and you just feel like that character Luke Skywalker, because it, it's framed in such a way where it is this huge Star Destroyer and this Imperial fleet, essentially versus this old guy, a cheeky little smuggler, some giant Wookiee princess and this farm boy. Mm -hmm. You just start to feel as if it's, it's maybe just not quite paid off as much for those characters. And I know why Han had to die and why Harrison Ford wasn't interested in being in, in anything else. But again, you just feel like, it just would have been nice for them to do a little bit more with those characters. And as much as I like Ray, I'm not that attached to her as yet. And Finn, boring. You know, he's just didn't do anything in The Last Jedi. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I don't know. I just can't help feeling that short changed a little bit. That's all. I read you, man. I read you. We but, complain you know, too much. These things change. Thing, you know, I'm sure if, if Lucasfilm had a project in mind and they coughed up the Benjamins... You know, he's not going to say no, is he? He, he does love the character. I think he took a bit of convincing for The Last Jedi, but overall he loves the character that made him like the breakthrough household name. So we'll see, dude. We'll see. We will. We will. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news. How do you like your Star Wars-themed wicker furniture? <laughs> uh, that's not a rhetorical question. I'm being serious. You popped this in the in the Trello board for the news list as an idea, and I thought, this is quirky enough to be cool. <laughs> I think so, anyway. Um, and let's just put, let's put it this way: the the company who are making and selling these chairs, the photographer has made these look 
absolutely nothing like they would look in your actual home. (laughs) (laughs) They don't look, they they absolutely do not look great though. (laughs) So there is a couple on it. So what I'm talking about, and we'll put a note in this, uh, a link in the show notes, uh, this company called, or this person called Kenneth Cobbenpew, I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, makes these bespoke chairs out of um, sustainable materials. And in this case, it's this wicker, wicker wooden style uh, chairs. And uh, he's bagged a license from Lucasfilm so he can make these official Star Wars themed. And they come in a few flavors. The the the, the popular ones that I can see on here are the two uh, the Tie Fighter. Uh, chairs they've got the 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 hexagonal panels on the right hand side with the straw wicker i'm I'm, I'm saying wicker i'm not sure if they are or not but they're like a a, or it might be bamboo or something like this thin wood thing but they've got this really cool uh, cushion uh, design in the middle that looks like the window with a tie fighter and so on but you can also get uh, a star wars themed side table there's also um uh, what else we've got on here it looks like kylo ren potentially or the emperor there's got like a more classic style chair uh, yeah have a look at that one that's the sidious easy armchair it is absolutely mental yeah. <laughs> yeah and there's a footstool as well that looks like chewbacca it's like this brown fluffy thing and it's got chewbacca's belt uh, uh thing wrapped around it and there's also a, a nice reading or a laptop little chair thing that's looks like vader uh, uh, the the cushion that look. Anyway, if you're into your Star Wars themed home decor, this could be for you. They've got the Chewy rocking stool, the Vader easy armchair, as you said, the Sidious easy armchair, and you've got the Imperial Tie Fighter chairs and end tables and so on. Um, like I said, the photographer has done a great job with this. Um, it, it, these wouldn't look like that in your home uh, unless you've got some kind of really nice show home that's just come you know, uh, recently renovated and interior designed and all that stuff. But I don't know. I think the Vader chair is pretty cool. That could look good out on the porch. That's definitely the main one, isn't it? Like that's the main, yep, having that one. That's that's the cool, I'm going to sit there, I'm going to work all day. I'm going to record a little podcast in here. I'm going to do, you know, this, that and the other. That's, that's the one. The rest of them are mental. <laughs> they are mental, yeah. And uh, potentially the, the the weirdest, funniest one is the the Jedi floor lamp. Yeah, what is that? So it looks, you know, when you were a kid and you used to get like uh, those little green army figures in a bucket. There's like fifty of them. Yeah, it looks like somebody's just covered them in glue, lobbed them up in the air, and caught them and let them dry, and then they've just put yellow lightsabers in their hands that's kind of what it looks like so uh yeah it shows it is, isn't it it's yeah. like it is like they've glued them together just looking at like the bigger version of the picture and <laughs> zooming in and it really is like it, it it's just all these little guys glued together by the feet yeah yeah it's called the little jedi floor lamp or you can get it the hanging version to hang from the ceiling <laughs> uh yeah I, I i've seen i've seen better star wars home and furnishings pieces but I've, I've seen made worse. better Star Wars <laughs> furnishings by gluing together old DVDs and turning them into a disco ball, Gary. Uh, I was going to say I've I've seen better, but I've seen worse. To be fair, the, sorry, Ken. The, the Ken, Kenny boy, you're doing all right, here, mate. We'll put a link in the show notes anyway. <laughs> and, yeah, you um, get you get a free link back, so yeah. Ken. So hashtag Google. 
this might be somebody's cup of tea, you know? And they're not that bad. Like we said, the Vader chair is pretty cool, so... Yeah, the Vader chair is. But, dude, look. Please look at the Sidious Easy Armchair. It's like you've been swallowed by <laughs> some goo monster. <laughs> it, it, uh, and yeah. it's shaped like the Star Trek logo. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, it's a bit trekky. Yeah, steer clear of the bloody trekkies. Steer clear of that. <laughs> get out, yeah. get out. Hey, I watched Fanboys the other day just because we keep going on about it. I watched it. I've not seen it for a long time. Oh, and yeah. uh, it's genius where they always, you know, get into the get into the rumble on the green with the, with the trekkies. <laughs> oh, yeah. More, more, more Lucas hounds come to mock Roddenberry. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. It is really well done. Yeah. Uh, that's going to wrap for news, bud. I think we should stop there. I don't think it's going to get any better than Star Wars wicker chairs. Let's be honest. <laughs> we peaked. We may as well close the show. Guys, we're closing it. We're done. We have peaked. <laughs> Review and discussion. All right, what we got? Let's do that, shall we? So fan theories. We love fan theories. Oh, I love a good fan theory because normally they're absolutely off the charts. But this one is quite interesting, I've got to say. So what uh, what is it, dude? Hit us up with it. So, um, essentially, part of the Rogue One story, which was a lead-up into A New Hope, was the rebel, like the early, the, the formation, or the early stages, should I say, of the rebellion, and them learning about this huge new weapon that the Empire is building. And it becomes their goal, you know, their ultimate goal is to get those plans so that they can then bring it down, which leads you into a new hope. And this, uh, uh, Darth Vader was dispatched towards the end to prevent that from happening. And there was that awesome scene where he, he churns all of the, um, the, the, the guys on the Tantive V4, he just, you know, whips them all up, kicks their asses, but then they escape. So that's the end of it where Leia's, uh, uh, escaping and one of these fan theories is that vader actually allowed the death star plans to be stolen in the first place and um it's kind of weird because in on one hand you think well why why would why would vader allow all all of that stuff to to happen because one of the things that's that's kind of cool about the early star wars films is there's always things happening at the that like that are hanging by a thread, like the 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 rebels they they win by like a, a hair's margin at the end of a new hope and um and that sort of thing. So you you kind of think, well, why would Vader allow it all to go to the wire like that? Why wouldn't he just close them all down and, and get these get, get these plans and all that stuff? Um, and uh, so the theory goes that um, it got to a point where he realised that how much sort of destruction the completed Death Star would actually inflict on the galaxy. And uh, it, it's kind of like, well, just let the rebels go and do their thing. You know, if they want to steal the plans, let them steal it. Because as far as he's concerned and the Empire, this Death Star is like an impenetrable, you know, massive thing. So even if they stole the plans, um, they're, they're still going to start wiping out planets and doing all that stuff anyway. It's just like a, a sort of... in consequential little thing you know yeah you can have your day you know yeah you can steal the plans go and do your thing have your little victory uh and but you know we've got this kick-ass thing called the death star which you're not going to be able to defeat anyway so it's kind of along those lines and um yeah so what what do you think to this man because i i 
I don't really buy into this in a way. I, it feels to me like Vader's got a bit of a, you know, the Emperor's says, to, you know, basically says to him, you know, you need to go and 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 stop these rebels and stop them from taking the plans and all the rest of it. I, I feel like that's his com his goal as well. I don't feel like he's going to sit there and think, well, actually, uh, we'll just let him do it. I think you're wrong, and we're going to let this play out. It just doesn't seem right to me. No, it's a funny one. Um, I mean, there are obviously plenty of arguments on both sides of it, on both sides of it. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you, dude. I think if you look at a New Hope, he was the lackey. You know, it was Tarkin's lackey ultimately, um, and then he, he became the the force that we know throughout, you know, Empire and, and Return of the Jedi. But it's if anything, it's just a mighty retcon by if this ever became canon, it would be a mighty retcon on the Anakin side of things that would mm-hmm. then maybe play into other stories that would push through. Um, it does make a couple of good points. Obviously, the, the 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 scene in the corridor where he's wiping out the rebels is entirely there just so that we can see the very thing we've just said we wanted to see from Luke, which is someone ripping up and tearing out, you know, some kind of Jedi Sith power. Um, it's blatantly there for that. So it's not it's not like the the cinematographers, the directors, the writers went right. We need to cover every base. They've just gone. Vader's in pursuit. Make him look badass. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's the case with that one. Sure, there's a great point in this article, which is he could have forced pulled um, the the plans out of the rebels' hands. Yes, he could. In cinema world, that ain't any fun. No. no. So that's that's the deal with that. It's not a story beat, I don't think. But I am intrigued by the notion of just a what if it was true. And this is primarily based on um, primarily based on the, the kind of feeling from Lords of the Sith, the book. Um, even though it's set much earlier than Rogue One, it's, it's the book where um, the Emperor and Vader are stranded on a planet and they've got to survive. And it's very much mind games with the Emperor. And, and yeah. it's very much mind games of, of Vader revisiting his past. And you see the Emperor kind of mentally abusing him and torturing him a little bit um, by making him face, you know, his, his, his nightmares of Padme and, and, and his, his what he believes to be diseased kids. So from that side of things, and if you look at it only through that lens, there's an air of credibility to it. And it would be really, really interesting for that... Um, that kind of struggle between the light and the dark, just to see that there's a bit of Anakin left in there. Because let's be honest, it took Luke approximately three and a half minutes to turn him back to the, the light side in <laughs> Return of the Jedi. You know, so it was kind of... Uh, <laughs> is it? Is it? Are they trying to do something? I'm not saying Lucasfilm or the story team, you know, Hidalgo and the team over there are, are doing anything with this because it is just a theory. But with things like Lords of the Sith, with some of the comic book stuff that they're doing alongside that... It does make you wonder, are they trying to give Anakin a bigger part in this? And again, is that maybe something to do with Rise of Skywalker? As we we know, it's rumoured that Hayden Christian is going to come back. Um, so number one, nah, don't think there's anything in it. Number two, it would be really cool if there was, but I think it would undo too much. I think it would just rely on too much retconning. Yeah, I agree, dude. I think it's one of those, uh, it would be cool in a way, but... I don't know. I think that whole canon and that timeline for Vader and Luke and around that time period is is a real. Uh, it's almost like the 
the time travel thing you know there are like certain important moments as you go through you know in certain time travel films there are like these important events that you don't you know they're fixed moments in time and so i think the whole vader thing around that time period is set in stone so to speak and i think the story group over at lucasfilm would have a nightmare if they were to suddenly make this something like this canon and then all the other books and stories they can then latch onto it and then you can have a big minefield of of that stuff but uh, the only other little interesting snippet about it involves Tarkin. so um the, the theory sort of expands a little bit to say well because in A New Hope, it's weird, isn't it? Because you almost feel like Tarkin is more powerful than Vader uh, to an extent. So there's this thing around, you know, did Vader set this up so that the Death Star would fail because Tarkin's in charge of the Death Star. So if that was to go hiccup, then Tarkin would be punished and Vader would be then elevated um, mm-hmm. above Tarkin, so to speak. So, yeah, it's an interesting one, but I'm not sure. I'm with you, man. It, it, it On the surface, it's a nah, but... Kind of cool if they can work it in, but there we go. Exactly. And one interesting point on that that you mentioned with Tarkin is that when you read the Tarkin book, you know, one thing that I think we always forget from a story perspective is that most people in the Star Wars universe have got no idea that Sidious is Sidious. He's just the Emperor. He's just Palpatine. And they don't know who this Vader guy is. They don't know that he's a Sith. You know, there's only a few people that really know what's going on. And Tarkin's one of those people. There's a couple of people. There's Thrawn that knows exactly what's going on because he deduced it and then it's confirmed to him. And then there's um, Tarkin, who when you read the Tarkin book, he absolutely knows it's Anakin Skywalker. Like He, he absolutely knows. And he, he he actually comes out and says it um, as, a, as, a, as a bit of a paraphrase and he'll, he'll kind of throw, in it, throw it in as a bit of a uh, subconscious little line to make Vader question himself a little bit and he absolutely knows because he worked with him in the clone wars and he's seen him come up through the ranks as a general then suddenly he disappears and someone that's moving and speaking in like has the same phrasing when it comes to the speaking as anakin is suddenly appears next to the emperor um so it does kind of make you think again like there are bits there that they could latch onto if they wanted to which is vader kills anyone that knows he's anakin and he couldn't kill Tarkin because he's Tarkin. He really is. He's the Grand Moff. There's only one Grand Moff. You know, there aren't any more. You get all the other Moffs, but he's the main man. So, you ain't, theoretically, he's got as much diplomatic, you know, I mean, not diplomacy from an imperial perspective, <laughs> but in terms of influential power, he's got more than Vader. You know, Vader is just raw physical and force power. Yeah, um, true. So, to yep. the eyes of the universe, Tarkin is the main man. Mm-hmm. Um and, and, and Vader's seen as the lapdog, which, again, it's a massive retcon, but when you look at a New Hope, there is argument where you could say, well, yeah, all right, maybe that's how they were playing it. The whole galaxy sees Vader as the lapdog. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it really comes out that he's not. So, yeah, that's an interesting point, dude, because, yeah, he could have got tried to get rid of Tarkin, just like Tarkin got rid of Krennic. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting, because did, did Anakin find out about the Death Star plans in Revenge of the Sith, did he see them? Even in Attack of the Clones, when um, Obi Wan's kidnapped by Dooku, they were, the plans were there. I don't think Anakin saw them, did he? I don't think so. No. Or he certainly wouldn't have known what it was no. or the scale of it. No, I don't think so, mate. Yeah, fair play. Anyway, yeah, it, it, it's a great idea, but yeah, nah, I'm, I think we're together on that one. Yeah, I think so, mate. The old fan theories—they're a good laugh, and 
some of them actually do hold, you know, fairly decent weight. But yeah, I think there's enough weight on the actual storyline to uh, to debunk that one. You watch next week, there'll be a, a new book or a comic book announced about this. It'll be like a proper canon book. And yeah, be like, it'll be oh, called okay. Vader yeah. Vigilante. <laughs> Uh, that's going to do for review and discussion. Before we get on to the random spotlight, where can people find us out in the wild, buddy? They can find us all over. Our new website will be live by the end of uh, by the end of next week. So when you're listening to the next episode, our new website will be live. Um, so we're going to give you all those details then. But for now, hit us up on any of the social channels. Just search for Sparker Rebellion wherever you may roam. And also, if you want to support us, if you want to join the Rebellion, you can do that for as little as one book. And you're going to get a nice little Sparker Rebellion sticker and uh, some other merchandise. You can even get some exec producer credits on the show. So to do that, all you need to do is head to Patreon. So go to patreon.com forward slash Spark of Rebellion. Nice. You do that so well. Well, you know. That's why you're the podcast guy. No, that's just that's just that's just like quick branding. Yeah, you look at it, it's just like what could I call myself? <laughs> I'm a guy and I do podcasts. Yeah, it was either that or that guy with eyes. <laughs> I'm being serious. You do that so well. Oh, thanks, mate. Uh, random spotlight. Uh, this little dude in the random spotlight is something that I think is one of my earliest memories from Star Wars. I think. One of them anyway, because I, th- I think the very first film that I saw when I was a lad was The Empire Strikes Back when it was on TV here in the UK at Christmas. I remember Christmas Day, I think I was about five or six years old, I think. It had been out a few years already um, before that at the cinema. And it was out on VHS as well at the time. VHS. Come Classic. On. And I remember coming downstairs in my pants and vest. <laughs> Oh, good. This is brilliant. Uh, yeah. this. <laughs> I remember coming downstairs as a wee nipper in my pants and vest and sitting cross-legged on the living room floor. And my, my elder brother was watching it on TV. And I was glued, like literally, I think I missed the first four or five minutes. The crawl had gone by. And uh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was my, I think that's my earliest memory of sci-fi and Star Wars together. Like my first love of it all. I remember just sitting there being glued to the TV for, for the whole thing and wide eyed and not blinking. But I think this little guy, so the random spotlight thing is the, uh, is the Imperial probe droid from the Empire Strike. Well, that, the first appearance was the Empire Strikes Back. And it's, I think its proper name is the Viper, the Viper probe droid, uh, more commonly known as the Imperial Probe Droid. And it's the little, um, well, I say little, it's not that little really. It's the it's the black, it's like a, a disc shape with these four or five uh, arms that come down, these claw-like little arms. And on top, it's got a dome, uh, like a shallow dome thing with all these lenses and eyes on top and the aerials that stick out from the top. And it's, it's on, uh, when they're on Hoth and... Uh, Han and Chewie go out because they see these little things that crash land and they go out to investigate. And when they end up sort of retconning what's going on with the binoculars and stuff, they can see the droid sort of floating around and it makes the little, you know, that little cool little message it was sending off. 
Uh, I think it's like a little communication signal that it was constantly sending off back to the Empire. And if it was destroyed or disrupted, they would know that something's up because something's uh, something's done it. But yeah, this is. Um, I thought I'd throw this one in there because uh, although it's like an iconic droid from the Star Wars universe and especially from from Empire, uh, you you rarely see it outside of that film. So they used it for for that, but then you don't really see. I mean, it pops up in a few video games. It's, it's been in various first-person shooter games from Star Wars over the years and so on, but that's it, really. I mean, plenty of other droids make lots of appearances throughout um, throughout the, the, the films, but this one, I, th- I believe, I'm, I could be wrong, but I think it's mainly isolated. It's Empire Strikes Back. So yeah. and it, yeah, like you said, it's been in a couple of couple of. It, it was in Battlefront, wasn't it? Like it's one of the pains in the neck that you've got to shoot in Battlefront. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. makes sense. Uh, Has it been in anything else? Was it in like Rebels or Clone Wars or anything? Um, it probably has. I'm not going to say no because it it probably has, but it's only of if it has, it's only a very fleeting view. It, it's on screen for maybe a few seconds, and and that's mm-hmm. your lot. It, it's not been uh, a plot device in anything other than the Empire Strikes Back. I don't think so anyway. Um, and you're right, it is in Battlefront. You can actually enable it as a, if you're playing as the dark side, as a stormtrooper, you can, it's like a pickup that you can then throw into the air and it will it will shoot rebels for you and stuff like that. So that's quite cool. And it's got the little sound effect and so on. Um, but yeah, it's a cool looking droid. It made, it makes a really good appearance in that film. It's my, one of my earliest memories from, from Star Wars. And I, I love it for that. And I've, I'm gutted because I tell this story all the time and I will continue to tell it and you know, for the end of time, but I had the little toy of it. They had this really cool. And back then the Kenner toys, they were not as detailed as the, like the manufacturing process and the design process is not as detailed as it is these days. And I remember having the little Kenner toy. It came on a, on a little stand, I think. No, no, not the, the Kenner one was, it didn't come on a stand. That was later on. Um, I think I might have had two of them, but I remember that the color was slightly wrong or inaccurate on the on the early Kenner ones. I think it, it wasn't a black. They had this sort of light. It was like a, a grayish kind of color. It wasn't the the dark jet black that you, you remember seeing it in the films. Um, but it was all boxed up with all of my other original Kenner Star Wars toys that got put in the loft and then I moved. And when I came back to to my mum's place. I said, mum, I want to get all my Star Wars stuff. She's like, you can't because I've given it away to the neighbours and now they've moved and blah, blah, blah. So, dude. Yeah. That still makes my toes curl when you say that. Yeah. Original, unboxed, ATAT, mint, con- uh, dude, I don't even want to go into it. But my, my, my little pro, I think I had two of them. For some reason, I'm not sure how I ended up with two of them, but Again, they were like my earliest memories of toys, like Star Wars toys and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but I just think they're, although they're, I've gone off on a tangent, but although they are iconic and they're very well known within the Star Wars universe, I still feel like it's a random thing because they popped up in that one film and then that's it. That's your lot. The, they appear like in little snippets here and there, but yeah, otherwise, yeah, the random little Viper droid. Yeah, I'm feeling you doing it. Can we just, uh, I want to give props to this one. Because, well, for two reasons. Number one, I hear you on The Empire Strikes Back. Because the first time I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, these guys seem to be doing all right. Look, they're just on this snow planet. That's cool. And then the, the little uh, the little recon droid, this droid, this Viper droid appears, and you're like, oh, crap. 
That's a bit ominous, and it's going to find us. And it's just this tiny, interestingly, it kind of mirrors uh, C-3PO and R2 on Tatooine in the desert. It's sort of the the inverse of that one. You know, you've got a complete stark, snowy background as, instead of the stark desert background. And But this is completely there to do harm and damage. And it's just, there's a nice bit of symmetry there with that one, which I thought was interesting. And the second cool thing is, go to StarWars.com, search for the Viper Droid. Let's just please give this its due, because its nickname is, because it's a tenacious hunter and a searcher, it's also called a probe droid, or a probot. That's right, <laughs> it's a probot. You've got to give it some props for that. A probot. That's pro a pro bot. name, Mr. Probot. <laughs> Mr. Probot, I'm feeling you. Uh, I had a very look, a very quick look on Wikipedia as we've been talking, and it's appeared in loads of stuff. Oh, really? <laughs> like pretty much everything that's had a Star Wars badge on it, it's appeared in it. Now, I'm going to stick to my guns, though, and say that all these things that it's been in, it's only been in it for a very, like literally seconds on screen or very, very short amount of time. Nowhere near like you see in, in Empire. Uh, but apparently it's been in tons of uh, episodes from the Clone Wars TV show. Mm. Uh, it's been in, it's going to be in Star Wars Fallen, Jedi Fallen Order in the upcoming game. It's going to, however They're many They're doing of them. a lot of that, aren't they? They're doing a lot of like droid stuff in these games now, oh, these yeah. fly droids. Yeah. Uh, apparently it was in Solo. I don't remember it being in Solo, a Star Wars story, but it's in there. Uh, it's also been in Star Wars Rebels, about 12 episodes of Rebels. Actually, I remember being in a couple. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, it's been in lots of things, but only very, very quickly. Yeah, you got to you got to imagine that there's some little pro bot listening to this, like in on Spotify, listening in his car, <laughs> dropping the little pro bots off at football, and he's like, dropping the little pro fuckers. <laughs> I I have been in a lot of stuff. Do they not know who I am? And like we're gonna get a tweet at rebellion underscore spark from at probot, <laughs> you fuckers, and then all it'll say is a link to his IMDb page forward slash probot, and yeah. we'll be like, damn, this guy was in Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, all of the prop makers have like slotted it in loads of other films to be sneaky. So not yeah, only he's... is he in like tons of Star Wars stuff that we said he wasn't. He's also in like loads of other sci-fi films that you wouldn't even guess. And also in. tried serious comedy in Love Actually. <laughs> yeah. The um the different variations of wah, 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 wah. they just go up yeah. and down and different speeds. But he's not working, mate. We're gonna cut you out. Yeah, sorry, let's get John Bon Jovi in instead. That'll do it. He'll be able to do it. He'll be able to do it. That's it. That's better, John. Well done. I wonder if there is an app probot twitter handle there might be of course there is i'm gonna find it now i'm gonna fire up my twitter in right twitter dot the com forward slash probot that's just in case any of you are wondering how twitter works um all right here we go at probot only confirmed followers it's a private account it's got a scary looking bear uh, uh, okay. on the profile picture and joined february 2008 and has got uh 100 you can't even see the followers that it's got. I'm going to follow ProBot. Right. There you Done. go. There you go. Whew. Another that was follower. tense, man. Yeah, man. 
So that was the that was the random spotlight. It and got I there, feel, didn't it? I think yeah, I think it is justified because it is random it, on uh, twofold because it's in one film and then it pops up. It literally pops up randomly throughout other Star Wars media, ah, albeit albeit ver- albeit very very quickly. Yeah, that's smooth. Well played. We got that back. I like because <laughs> random spot. Like we've done Blue Milk and we've done Pado and Hairbridge. The Viper Droid deserves it, of course. And I've loved talking about it because, yeah, I'm going to have to... I think uh, Sideshow Collectibles do a a decent-sized version of it. it. You know, it's about 600 quid, of course, but I, th- I think they, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, might have to spend some beans and, and bag that. Don't it, leave it in mums. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, it, it just hurts, that. man. It hurts. You. Do you know what? Yeah, you could you could see the tone drop then, couldn't you? It, it still <laughs> hurts, man. I, I, I can see your face. Like, so for you <laughs> listening out there, we do this on Zoom face to face, and Gaz's face is just like, fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we got to the end of Toy Story 4. That's Shh. what my face was like. Shh. I've not seen it yet. Have you seen it? No, I'm just guessing. Tom Hanks said he was emotional, so I'm, take, I'm taking that as it's an emotional ending. But Oh, man. I don't want to go there. I'm supposed to be seeing it at the weekend, but I just don't yeah. want to cry. I, just I was supposed to be seeing it the weekend, but I just don't want to. <laughs> Better things to do. Yeah, bigger bigger fish to fry. Creating random probot Twitter accounts to troll the actual one that might that could not be or might be an actual probot account. I don't know. We should create like at probot one and then just spam the guy and be like, do you know who I am? <laughs> I've been in all these things. Here's my IMDB account. Set up a fake IMDB account. I am well up for this. Sorry, at Probot. <laughs> we've done it now. We've whoever done it. We've done whoever it. is the actual owner of Pro, at Probot, very sorry. Hmm. A bit childish, really, but not really sorry. Oh, well. Well, that's a wrap. That's been a good one, that. How do we talk for nearly an hour? I don't understand this. Flies by, man. Flies yeah, by really like does. the falcon zipping out of a giant slug's mouth. That's how exciting this is. That was good. Yeah, that was smooth. I liked that. Um, I'm just going to give a big shout-out to all our patrons, actually. Um, patrons. Because we've had... Uh, we've got Sean. We've got Tom. We've got Regina. We've got Chris. Um, I'm enjoying Patreon, you know? We can do more over there. I think as... Uh, as we start to grow the show up, it's it's nice to see people getting involved. People are really enjoying the show, so thanks for thanks for everyone who are making nice comments. I get a lot of fun little comments just in my, you know, when you're at work and some, you know, you know what I mean. Like you've had it before when we did two shots, and I'm sure with this one, when some guy at work at the water cooler was like, "Dude, sweet show." I'm like what? <laughs> so yeah, thanks to everyone that keeps doing that. I appreciate it. And I'm sure, guys, I'm sure you do as well. Absolutely, um, yeah. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's amazing. It is. All right, so what I think we should ask people to do is rate and review us because, you know, it's nice to help out. And uh, apparently Apple are back now with their new and noteworthy stuff and they're, they're, they're actually, you know, they're actually doing something with their algorithms these days. So if you sure. do want to help us get discovered and uh, help us build the audience, the rebellion up, please give us a little rating and review and uh, just, just fire up your podcast app wherever you listen. It will support ratings and reviews. And also, go and find out, uh, or go and get your profile on Podchaser. 
podchaser.com. Uh, we know the guys at Podchaser, Cole and the team over there, and uh, they're billing themselves as the IMDB of podcasting. Now, it's a great little idea. They need support, they need users, they need people using it, and you can also rate and review and embed stuff from Spark Rebellion over on Podchaser. So please, go and give us a rating and review over there, because um, many of the websites, many of the podcast sites, many of the outlets, the hosting companies like us, they will be starting to uh, put the, the ratings and reviews from Podchaser on their websites, so it all helps. So yeah, go ahead and do that on podchaser.com. It only takes two minutes. And uh, guys, over to you, dude. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Yeah, so thank you, um, as always, for listening into this show. This is episode 12. I want to say a big thanks to Keith, big Keith, who stepped in last week. It was uh, an awesome show. If you haven't listened to last week's show, go and listen to that. Some some real fun chat from these guys about uh, Star Wars, obviously, but also a good rundown on what's coming up on uh, San Diego Comic-Con and some other bits. So go and check that out. Thank you very much, big Keith. Uh, next week, we're going to have the usual rundown of what's happening within the world of Star Wars. We're going to have some more... Uh, discussion points and uh, of course our random spotlight so we'll be back next saturday for episode 13 until then take care of yourselves have a good one and may the force be with you always <laughs>